0: What is going on everybody? It's your boy Nightmare k back at it again with another podcast. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh man, it just seems the world just keeps getting worse and worse. I mean, we got the government shutdown in the United States averted for 45 more days. They can't do a deal last night. Um we also have uh late last night on Saturday night, actually, in the Sunday morning. Um we also have freaking freaking strikes going on with the auto manufacturers right now the workers are walking out they're upset they're not getting their pay so i can completely understand that but that's really gonna hurt the economy we still have the credit card uh crisis that's coming along as well as far as far as the automotives as well it's gonna hurt the entire economy folks but i got about seven stories for you tonight folks so let's not waste any more time let's get into it so This first story comes from Technocracy News. Reality is escaping out of the back door. Now, what the hell does that mean? So, there's a big word that you can add to your vocabulary. uh, Similar crumb. It is hard word to wrap your head around, but one you are not too likely to forget. Indeed, you are not. Forget it. Collins defines it as an image, likeness. A vague representation of semi-balance. A mere pretense sham. Cambridge Dictionary says something that looks like or represents something else. Purdue University puts it this way. Something that replaces reality with its representation. Jean wrote about this in 1981 paper called the Precession of Similacra." Similacra. Where he digs deeper, making a distinction between a simulation and a simulatra, whereas representation attempts to absorb simulation by interpreting it as a false representation, simulation envelopes the whole edifice of representation itself as a simulatra. Such would be successful phase of the image. it is the reflection of a profound reality it masses and. Denatures a profound reality, it makes the absence of a profound reality. It has no relation to any reality whatsoever. It is own pure simulacrum So the switch for reality is an anti-reality. The simulatra is never what hides the truth. It is truth that hides the fact that there is none. This whole process does not happen in a vacuum because it involves human agency. Reality exists, but human perception distorts it. Just for review, reality slips into distortion, then into simulation, then finds its resting place in a state of simulatrum. Uh, Reality is subsumed by the simulatrum, an example of simulatrum in the making. It is estimated that 90% of all online content will be generated by AI by 2025. This means news. Social media posts, chats, pictures, videos, podcasts, websites, etc. A, a deluge of fake social media accounts will be run by AI in short everything. Nina, AI thought leader wrote What generates AI what generate AI can do essentially is create new things that would have thus far been seen as unique to human intelligence or creativity. Generative AI can create across all media, so text, video, audio, pictures, and every digital medium can be powered by generative AI. So I think these, uh, I think these valuations that you're seeing from OpenAI are actually going to go up, and you're going to start to see even more generative AI co- companies which have universal application across many industries in 2023. People will remember back to 2023 images and think that has. Nothing, let me repeat that. People will remember back to 2023 images and think that nothing has changed in 2025. Warning, the total collapse of reality could be at hand. As described above, a similar is anti-reality. This is not a paradigm shift of reality. This is not a new reality. This is not reality, period. Unfortunately, billions... Of people risk being captured by it while everyone is looking at shiny news simulatra forming right before their eyes reality is escaping out the back door so yeah folks I've talked about this ad nauseum since I started my freaking news podcast even before I started my news podcast I told you and I keep telling you again nothing in the future is going to be real Generative AI can create audio It can create podcasts, create videos, it can do all this stuff. There's actually a Jennifer AI bot I actually follow on YouTube that creates content on a weekly or bi-weekly basis, folks, that talks about the future. It's absolutely incredible. You would think this was a real human being that puts it together, but it's Jennifer AI that has its own YouTube channel. It's unfreaking believable. You can't make this shit up in a Hollywood film. You just fucking can't. You can't make this shit up in a Hollywood film, folks. I wish I was joking, but I'm not. But it's unbelievable, man. And people are falling for this. And this is why I keep trying to tell people that in the future, none of your blockchains are going to be run by humans. Miners are going to get replaced by generative AI. General AI can mine freaking Bitcoin. It doesn't need you. It doesn't need you to do transactions. It doesn't need you at all. It can do it itself. It can speak to you. It can transact with you. You know what I mean? How do you know in the future when someone gives you a Bitcoin address, or a or any type of cryptocurrency address that that's actually coming from a human? You won't know. You won't know. And yes, I know people are gonna say, "Well, that's great." Now, I man, I don't care if it's a human or you should fucking care, dumbass. You should fucking care because what is that generative AI using cryptocurrency for? Not just payment. What are they buying? I mean, you're already seeing it now in Lightning Labs where Generative AI is using the Lightning Network to purchase things. What are these things purchasing? What do they need to buy? I mean, come on, folks. This is serious. But anyway, moving on. So these megalomaniacs, technocrats, are on course to wreck the Earth and other and outer space. Excuse me. So let's get into Elon Musk. So Elon Musk could easily destroy the planet and outer space, but adds others like him, such as Jeff Bezos, Rich Branson, and you have a recipe for total disaster. So there you go, folks. This article will have a link in the description below. There's a YouTube video to this as well. So a video of Elon Musk's web of Starlink satellites has left onlookers stunned as scientists warn of their little known risks to the nightlife. To the night sky, excuse me. There are at almost around nine thousand stars visible to Earth view of the sky, and around five thousand startling satellites. As of August, the orange dot represents startling satellites. According to the new research, low-frequency radio waves are leaking into the sky and hurting scientists' ability to make astronomy observation. Sky gazers fear the soon. That soon, satellites will outnumber the amount of stars there are to see, according to comments made on Muzz's social media platform X, formerly known as Twitter. One onlooker called the video depressing before adding, literally, in only a few years, there will outnumber the stars themselves. That's right, folks. So there will be more... Starlink satellites in the freaking atmosphere in the skies at night that you'll be able to see than the stars themselves this is absolutely night. but we told you this was coming but there's more it's get better so gotta love gotta love lack of oversight that allows me- megamaniacs to ruin the planet for everyone another added I don't remember voting must to be star of space that's just a start, because repeat this over again with China and India and other billionaire space cowboys. However, Kit Chapman, scientist, historian, and, and lecturer at Fairmount University, was quickly to point out that these orange dots are not to scale. There are lots of things you can say about the science of space. Space junk, choice of materials, the chemistry of satellite, etc., he tweeted. But oh my god, this little animation shows space is so overcrowded. Like, do they seriously think each satellite is the size of Greater London? A startling satellite, for those wondering, is about the size of a dining room table or wrestling fans the size and weight of Andre the Giant. Space is not overcrowded. We humans are just really crap at understanding scale and numbers. Another onlooker wrote, The video was particularly impressive or scary. But that is made clear. Starlink would significantly contribute to space debris. It seems like Starlink satellites are designed to deorbit, but they risk collision and creating more debris, they tweeted. Cleaning low Earth orbit is still an experimental stage, a looming issue. Space junk or space debris is anything left by humans that is stuck in Earth's orbit, be it a piece, a Dead satellite or fleck of paint chipped off a rocket. Objects in the Earth's orbit travel at about 15,000 miles per hour, fast enough that if a small piece collides with a satellite or a spaceship, it could do some serious damage. The International Space Station often encourages and manually missions to avoid pieces of space junk, but as the globe. As the global space industry opens up to billionaire entrepreneurs like Musk, Jeff Bezos, Blue Orbit, and Rich Branson, uh, Virgin Galaxy, actively in Earth's orbit, has rocket. What comes alongside heightened activity is more debris. Scientists are not only concerned that the growing number of satellites in orbit will change the landscape of the night sky, but they are also afraid of extreme collision events. Like what NASA scientist uh, Donald Kessler proposed in 1978 so folks it is about to get really disgusting up there the night sky is about to be surrounded with freaking SpaceX freaking satellites this is absolutely disgusting folks we're probably not even gonna be able to see the moon anymore if the moon is even real that we're looking at you know it could be a hologram we don't know Um, but that's just another rabbit hole to go down but, uh yeah, folks, that's the thing. We're not, we might not be able to see stars anymore in the future. We might only be able to look up and see fucking stupid-ass Starlink satellites up there. Absolutely Starlink satellites. that will be absolutely horrendous. And fucking space debris up there. Chips of rockets. Fucking all this bullshit that is absolutely disgusting. You know what I mean? It's unbelievable. You can't make this shit up in a Hollywood film. But anyway, folks, give me just a second. Uh, let me uh, respond to this real quick. But anyway, <clears throat> let me move on to the next thing, folks. And that's geofencing. So how the government uses cell phone data to try to drive Cavalier Chapel out of business. So this is a church, folks. This is unbelievable. So this case is about technocrat overreach, collision with government official and religious Prosecution. Then the church discovered that it ha- that it was a victim of geofencing. Cavalillo Chapel of San Jose has been locked in a battle with Santa Clara County since the great pandemic of 2020. After heavy fines were levered against them for refusing to not stop regular church service, the church took their case to the California Supreme Court and won. So we are in the space between the emergence of this technological practice and courts having ruled on its constitutionalization, said Alex Matthews, National Chair for Restore the Fourth, a nonprofit organization dedicated to the protection of the Fourth Amendment, which protects Americans' rights against unreasonable search and seize. Geofencing often begins with an innocent click smartphone app as if they can access locations to improve service when users say when you say they when you say yes, they often don't realize that the apps that help them drive, cook, or pray are likely reselling their information to a far flung for profit initiative. This and other information detailing people's behavior and preferences is value for businesses trying to target customers. The global location intelligence market was estimated at sixteen billion last year, according to the Grandview Research which predicts that figure will grow to fifty one billion by twenty thirty. While it is legal for private companies to broker this information, constitutional questions arise when government access data from a third party that would be prohibited from collecting its own collecting on its own. The lawsuit filed by Cavalier Chapel in August argues that Santa Clara County Carried out a warrant, warrantless surveillance of the church, which it acquired information in 2020 on the church foot traffic patterns collected by a research team from Stanford University. Stanford's always in the news for this stuff. Court documents show the research acquired the information, which originated with Google Maps. Folks, this is why you got to stop using Google Maps. From the location data company safe graph, which is also being used by Cavalier. Uh Nicole Bercher Safe Grabs, Senior Vice President of Operations, has said the Stanford team violated the company's terms of service and non-commercial agreement. Let's see here. Let's see. Hold on. I just lost my place. Non-commercial re- research agreement. For its part, Google has since cracked down on third-party vendors though it still uses location other data for its own operation. Google was recently ordered to pay $93 million in a settlement over its collection of location data even after users turned off their location history. The company is also involved in an ongoing dispute in an Oakland, California, U.S. district court over the company's real-time bidding process, whereby customers' personal information is auctioned off to advertisers so they can place target ads According to the Cavalier Chapel lawsuit, it was this process, among others, which enabled safe, uh, graph to collect users' location. Geofencing allows users to build a fence around certain areas or point of entry, such as Cavalier Chapel or the area near the Capitol on January 6, and see when people enter the space. It is becoming routine for law enforcement to use warrants to require companies like Google to hand over location data that may be connected to criminal activity. Uh, Representative Jim Jordan recently wrote a letter to Attorney General Merck Gerline, saying the use of geofencing warrants raises serious constitutional concerns. Privacy advocates and bipartisan groups of legislators say the acquisition of such information without a warrant presents a troubling and relatively new constitutional dilemma. The Cavalier Chapel suit as well as proposed legislation working its way through Congress, experts say could prove important landmarks in resolving this tension between technological innovation and constitutional protection. The Cavalier Chapel suit stems from an early court case in which the church was ordered to pay over $1 million in fines for violating county public health orders in 2020 by holding service on its premises without social distancing or masking. During the trial over the fines, Last year, it came to light that a research team headed by Stanford University Professor of Administrative Law and Statistic uh, Interference Daniel Ho had used safe graph data to provide Santa Clara County health officials with analysis on aggravated visitors to Cavalier Chapel covering the period of January 1st, 2020 to February 28th, 2021. In his 2022 expert witness report, Ho said the safe graph data set he had analyzed was widely used during the pandemic to understand social distancing by public health authorities, including the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the California Governor's Office, Los Angeles, San Francisco, San Jose, Santa Clara County, where information about points of interest included 1,576 religious organizations. Ho said he was able to estimate the average daily visit to the church. This is unbelievable, folks you can't make this shit up but there is more hold on data brokers including SafeGraph, insist that their information is anonymized but is presently the lack of specifically that worries its critics there is no particular individual who the government is suspicious of adam schwartz of the electron frontier foundation told real clear investigation it's a dragnet moreover there is no guarantee that the data Collected through Geophysics stays anonymous. It is often very easy to take supposedly de- in, de-identified data and re-identify a person that's where And it's very, very easy to do with that with location data. The same phone spotted in two locations, he said, can not be easily traced to a specific individual because people have very unique travel and location patterns. At Cavalier Church, for example, in-person surveillance conducted by the county as well as numerous in-person uh, deposition of chapel members and employee during the previous legal contentments between the county and the church that began in 2020 would have provided local officials with detailed knowledge of who was on the premise and when. The right to privacy at Cavalier Chapel attorney Martha is really going to be. The key to this case with an overarching question of whether uh, police officers had a reasonable expectation of privacy while in the church. I mean, not that not police are whether uh, whether the congregation had a reasonable expectation of privacy while in the church. You absolutely need a warrant, she said, where the expectations Exists In any event, critics say law enforcement use of geofence even when it is backed by a warrant, violates the Fourth Amendment. There is very significant debate right now whether it is possible geoffensive warrant to meet the Fourth Amendment burden, of, particularly said Alex Matthews, referring to the legal principle that warrants must be specific to the individual property and place in order to be constitutional. So, folks, I'm not going to read the rest of this article. It just goes into more detail of the lawsuit. But we get the point, though, man, is that they use geofencing to target not only the freaking congregation, but the employees as well that were there. It's unbelievable, folks. But not really. I mean, the pandemic was pretty crazy. I mean, they were targeting everybody. Hell, I mean, one of my Donald Trump episodes was even uh, banned on Spotify and uh, I couldn't even share it. So. I don't know, it's been, I think it's been unbanned now, but uh, I remember back when I did it, it was completely banned. So, unbelievable, man. But folks, it gets better. It gets real better. We're going to talk about the United Nations. So, the United Nations urges governments and platforms to implement its guidelines for censoring misinformation and hate. That's right, folks. Give me a second, let me grab So the U.N. Secretary Antonio last week addresses a high-level meeting in New York City to detail the ideas around preparing for the next pandemic. Apparently, folks, we're going to have another pandemic. Isn't that ironic? How the hell would you know if we're going to have another pandemic unless you're not a part of making it happen? In his remarks, although he had the good sense to first address issues related to actual diseases, Antonio also Predominantly urges governments and online platforms to implement guidelines designed to censor content that is uh, designated as misinformation, disinformation, disinformation, and hate. He would like countries around the world to commit to implementing what the UN calls this pandemic accord by May 2024. When the World Health Assembly, the governing forum for the World Health Organization, the WHO, is set to convene, Antonio called on governments to earmark more tax. Pay our money toward the WHO so that these contributions can cover half of the agency budget and also support the proposed investment round. The UN chief then proceeded to lay out the organization plan for the next pandemic. As I said earlier, how the hell would you know that unless you're not planning it? And divided them into three areas of key importance. Sustainability development was the first misinformation. Second, what he calls Responded to complex global shocks, which actually proved to be highly likely the most damaging aspect of the COVID years, was, on, was only mentioned last. Regarding misinformation, Antonio complained that it was the reason people were skeptical of the vaccine, which he somewhat obliviously referenced as being developed in record time as a positive note. Yeah, fucking right. In ke- in keeping with the well-established alarmists. And dramatic language that is heard from many governments and officials and unofficial global and globalist groups, Antonio warns that untruths and outright lies went around the world faster than coronavirus itself. The term hate then appears seemingly out of nowhere in this portion of Secretary General address as he proposes that countries accept the UN framework for an international response to disinformation and hate. The recommendation from the framework can be found in the organization's privacy brief on information integrity on digital platforms. The purpose of the brief is to power a future UN code of conduct for information integrity on digital platforms. And Antonio somewhat oddly remarks that the UN hopes governments and platforms will implement it voluntarily, but he doesn't go into what the alternative to voluntary implementation might be. We are developing a code ahead of the summit of the future next year, and I urge all countries to encourage to engage in these important efforts is all Antonio had to add on this subject. <clears throat> this guy's a complete psychopath, folks. This guy, Antonio, uh, the UN Secretary General, that guy's a fucking psychopath. He's a fucking lunatic, bro. Like, this is so stupid. You just can't make this stuff up because uh, it's unbelievable that people still believe in this UN sustainable developments. Did you guys see what the hell they were doing on their YouTube channel? It was absolutely disgusting, folks. Just check out the World Health Organization. I mean, not the World Health Organization, but the United Nations YouTube page. It's absolutely disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. They are the most... Two-faced, lying bastards on the planet. Absolutely disgusting. But anyway, folks, let's move on to the European Union. So let's see. <clears throat> so the ECB head, digital euro won't be anonymous. Concerns about big brother overreach are a conspiracy theory. Pushing a CBC you didn't ask for and branding you a conspiracy theorist if you ask questions. Welcome to 1984, folks, if you're in the European Union. During a recent hearing at the European Parliament, Christine Lagarde, the president of the European Central Bank, reiterated that the digital euro will lack the, the, not, the anonymity of cash and then dismiss concerns about the state using the digital euro. The digital euro to control what people can buy as a conspiracy theory. Lagarde has previously acknowledged that privacy is one of the main concerns Europeans have about the European Union. Proposed central bank digital currency, the digital euro. Despite this admission, she has continued to insist that there won't be there won't be an anonymity for digital euro users, and that it will never be as private as cash. And at the hearing of the committee on economic and monetary affairs of the European Parliament on Monday, Lagarde coupled her insist that the digital won't be anonymous with an uh, an admonishment of those who are concerned that ECB or governments will use the lack of anonymity to impose restrictions on what people can buy. Privacy is protected, Lagarde said. Not anonymity, but privacy is protected. And we can address all the conspiracy theories that abounds about this as if you know Big Brother was going to suddenly determine what you can buy, when you can buy, and how restricted it should be. Then I think it would be characterized as success. That's how I see it. Oh my god, this woman is insane. Despite Lagarde's assertion that concern about the state using CBDCs to control and restrict purchase are a conspiracy theory. As a conspiracy theory, the, the deputy director of International Monetary Fund and International Finance Institute that all the countries in the EU are a member of has praised CBDCs for allowing government agencies to program the currencies so that money can be uh, prestigiously targeted to determine what people are allowed to spend it on. And while Lagarde is insisting that the ECB won't stop to the level of directly restricting people. Purchases. The ECB has proposed more indirect restrictions such as spending limits and is considering using negative interest rates, a tool to erode the value of your money. Several companies with ties to user surveillance are also backing the digital euro. These companies include Amazon, which collects huge amounts of data through its retail platform and various other services such as its Alexa voice assistant, Ring cameras, and Amazon One Palm Payments and IBM, which helped create a New York vaccine passport app that was plagued with privacy issues when Lagarde was pressed on digital euro privacy concerns by a German member of the European Parliament, gunner Beck she framed anonymity as something that enables money laundering and the financing of terrorism insists that data should be available to authorities upon request. Lagarde also confirmed that the ECB Governing Council will decide whether to proceed with a two-year digital euro pilot in October. If it decides to move forward with the pilot, a digital euro could be could be put into circulation by twenty twenty-seven or twenty twenty-eight. So, folks, it is getting bad in Europe, real, real bad. But yeah, it's kind of crazy right now, when you think about it, if you're a European uh, citizen right now, that Europe is coming I mean, this dystopian, but I have a friend that lives in Europe, and he tells me all the time, Europe is a communist, like, dystopia, it's absolutely turning into a communist dystopia, it's always been that way, you know, Europe doesn't even have freaking uh, freedom of speech, uh, folks, so... That is one thing I've learned just recently, especially in the UK. They don't even have freedom, so you have to actually watch what you say over there, which was actually shocking to me. I never knew that, Um, but I found that out recently, so that's pretty interesting to hear. But anyway, folks, moving on, we got more news to come. Let's talk about the freedom state of Florida, huh? Everybody talks about Florida as a freedom state. Well, check this out. Florida is using digital ID facial recognition on hurricane relief applications. Huh, so much for freedom in Florida. The hurricane batter victims in Florida find themselves entangled in a contagious privacy debate as they are directed to use facial recognition software ID.me to authenticate their identity and access online recovery relief, says Florida Commencing. The state agency in charge of many vital services claims that Claims this system bolsters secure online financial operations. However, skeptics argue if argue it forces those in desperate need of crucial relief services to surrender their privacy rights. Despite the criticism, the state agency employs the IDME system for individual access and array of services, from assisting with unemployment benefits, which I had to do in Arizona, to managing bi- business bridge loans, federal. Uh, Florida Commission distributes disaster recovery service to the citizens. This burgeoning issue highlights invasion of privacy and surveillance that have chilling implications for free speech and censorship. Detailed sources on the Florida Commission's website inform users that me necessitates the, the disclosure of some personal information and undergoing online identity proofing and author. Despite its application across state and federal agencies, the ID.me system has been steeped in controversy. I would know. This year, Senator Senator Republicans sent a letter voicing their objection to the IRS method of gathering sensitive biometric data via ID.me, warning against thrusting citizens back into this cumbersome paper driven Bureaucracy, the letter criticized the IRS for forcing individuals to yield their most personal biometric information to an external um, contractor. Similarly, Senator Elizabeth Warren directed an urgent letter for the Department of Labor to halt the use of continuous service and rising privacy concerns. So, folks, (laughs) so much for the freedom state of Florida, right? So much for... We have so much freedom in Florida. We didn't have to freaking get a shot in Florida. Yeah, you might have avoided the vaccine, but that doesn't mean they're going to not stop bringing in the Fourth Industrial Revolution, which you have to have a digital ID and do face recognition to get relief. They're still going to bring that stuff in, whether you're in Florida, Texas or not. It doesn't matter. They're still going to bring it in. And it's up to the citizens to not accept it. That's the point. So, let me see. Last but not least, folks, let's talk about the CDC award's $260 million contract for disease surveillance. Now, nobody's talking about this. So, taking a significant stride towards the surveillance state, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC disclosed its plans to back a colossal health endeavor with a hefty sum of over $260 million. The objective is an unprecedented aggregation of individual and community data leading to a predictable model. However, some critics contend that the initiative entails a serious threat of potential misuse. The colossal investment targets at setting up a wide-range public-private network, harnessing the prowess of artificial intelligence uh, The sophisticated overlay of technologies which assimilate unprecedented amounts of data and engender algorithms that anticipate disease outbreaks. These intrusive and futuristic models will predict abilities could then guide local, state, and national courtholes in establishing suitable control measures for disease outbreaks. The plan unveiled last week report about an estimate funding of $262.5 million spread over five years that aims at creating 13 forecasting and analyzed centers for infectious disease across the U.S. This network will channelize the coordinate effort to predict and control disease outbreaks. Several universities involved in COVID-19 modeling and response activities would receive around $20 million each out of this investment. These include John Hopkins Center for Health Security, they arranged the Assimilation Event 201, and the University of North Carolina Gillings School of Public Health, known for its gain of function research, led by Ralph. Two private entities uh, was that Kisher Southern California and a disease prevention uh, preparedness organization named International Responsive System LLC will also be participants. Engaging several esteemed entities, few Center involved U.S. Department of Defense, Research, and Bioengineering Corporation in the initiative. These team-ups aim at inventing new AI and machine learning-based models, equipment, and platforms for the cause. The concerning aspect of the proposal is where it comes to data. Well, some entities monitor factors like virus detect in wastewater. Others scoop data from health insurance companies, health care providers, local health department, and some even gather data from individual search histories, personal communication, social media posts, and health records. These, these practices will teach, I mean, these Pragmatists will test tracking and prediction tools in neighboring, communication, or amongst certain demographic groups, and go on to scale up successful projects. The new CDC-led endeavor, functioning like a forecast for infectious disease, executes under the new Center for Forecast and Outbreak Analysis (CFA), launched by the Biden administration. The CFA seeks to model, predict and control disease outbreaks throughout America. Ironically, CFA holds clear corporate leanings with strong ties to private industry despite being established in an orbit government body. The enormous funding it receives and its closest ties to private corporations rise significantly privacy concerns. And I 100% agree with that, folks. So this is what's going on, folks, behind the scenes. Why they're setting up their next distracting... As the U.N., as I read that article, the U.N. is saying we're going to have another pandemic, which is their next big distraction, by the way. This is being put in place, folks. And it's funny how in this article, the one about the $260 million contract for disease surveillance, it talks about just about the United States by itself. How we in the U.S. are going to have pandemic disease outbreaks like crazy. Why the hell are we going to have all these disease outbreaks? And how the fuck would the CDC know this unless you're part of the plan? Folks, and this is why I keep telling people, I just don't understand how people cannot see that all of this is scripted. All of this is planned out. It's been planned for many, 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 many years. This is the decade of outbreaks, diseases, pandemics, everything to bring in the fourth industrial revolution by the late 20, by late 2028, 2029, 2030. And by the time we get to 2030, everybody will be locked in fifty minute cities. No one will be living in towns anymore unless you're in a quote-unquote freedom and conspiracy town, you know, that doesn't believe in 15-minute cities or 5-minute cities or 10-minute cities or climate change or any of that garbage. They're setting up fucking green zones, which I freaking did an episode about that many moons ago, so definitely go check out that podcast episode when I talked about green zoning um, and putting us in freaking climate change and conspiracy camps, you know, just like they did back in the day, you know, you know, put them in those death camps, whatever, so, yeah, folks, it's it's getting to that point, there was a whole cartoon on it on Bitchute that showed how they're going to do this as well, absolutely amazing, it's unbelievable, folks, so, either you Fall for the conspiracy theory, which is the bullshit climate change agenda and the fourth industrial revolution, the bullshit they're trying to tell you and only believe what government tells you. Or you can be like me and be an outlaw, which I'll most likely either escape or I'll be put in one of those stupid ass conspiracy and green zone camps because I don't want to live in a 15 minute city. And I definitely don't want to live in Albany. Albany is absolutely a shit show. That is the worst place in New York to live as far as the city goes. It's even worse than New York City, in my opinion. But anyway, um, but yeah, folks, it's going to be absolutely horrendous. It's going to be horrible, Um, but we still have time to free ourselves from this. All we have to do is come together and put our shit down with each other, make sure we're grabbing our food, um, getting seeds to grow on the food. If you can do it, if not, there's survival kits you can buy on Amazon and other freaking sellers um, as well that sell that stuff as well. Um, they come in, uh, military grade ceiling, so the food doesn't rot. It's good for over 20 years. Um, definitely want to get your purified water as well, folks. Um, so you definitely want to have food and water for sure, because I think the next pandemic is going to be a long one. Um, I know the last one lasted about a couple of years. I think it was two, three years. I think this next one's going to last at least five to six. Um, and it's going to be hard, man, because they are going to pull out all the stops, and these next crises are not going to stop. They're going to come back to back to back to back. You're going to feel like you're in a goddamn horror film. That's how bad these pandemics are going to be coming up. So, folks, get your shit together. You know, we could have a major power out or something like that could happen. Um, you better have a place you can stay if you have a passport. Make sure it's renewed. Make sure it's ready to go just in case you got to leave your country um, to get some light So, yeah, folks, it's time to establish relationships outside of the U.S., Uh, Mexico, South America, uh, countries in South America. I say Brazil, Argentina, Venezuela, um, El Salvador, uh, Costa Rica, Honduras. Uh, You definitely want to set up a uh, maybe even in Africa if you need to in Nigeria, um, South Africa, uh, Cameroon. Uh, there's some places you definitely want to set up, uh, refugees for yourself and your family, if you can, and, uh, just get yourself ready, man, that way you don't have to prepare for anything, you're already prepared, you know what I'm saying, you don't have to get yourself ready, because you're already ready to go, so you definitely want to make sure of that, and that's one of the things I've been focusing on, um, is even though I'm still buying Satoshis and things like that, and I will be adding, adding Shiba Inu back to my, uh, altcoin portfolio as well. But uh yeah folks, I'm getting myself prepared. My wife really doesn't know what I'm doing. But yes, behind the scenes I'm working on making sure we have a place to go. Uh that's why I established residency in Liberland as well. That's between Croatia and Serbia. And uh definitely gonna be doing some donations to there so I can uh definitely be able to move over there. I know uh Lieberland was attacked by the Croatian police. They tore everything down. It was absolutely disgusting. These freaking thugs and black Cavalier destroying freedom-loving people that want to just be freaking out of the hands of the WEF and the WHO. It's absolutely disgusting. But anyway, um, you definitely want to be ready to go. Um, but a lot of you won't listen to this. A lot of you can care less. you are got a party, you know, and just enjoy your clubbing and sleep with 500 men. You have your only fans and all that garbage that really doesn't matter anyway, and you're 10 million fucking subscribers on Instagram and all that bullshit. But hey, it is what it is. Those of you that will continue to do that will be destroyed and be locked in your 15-minute city and have no freedom, have no recollection what freedom is. And those of us who want to be free will find a way to freedom, regardless of the consequences we will suffer. Period. End of story, folks. But anyway, folks, I'm going to end this show right here. This is your boy, Nightmare k Hawk. On Wednesday, I will be flying out. Wednesday morning, I will be flying out to Los Angeles uh, to get ready for Pacific Bitcoin on Thursday and Friday. So I will be in Los Angeles in the Santa Monica area um, for the rest of the week. Yes, I will do two podcast shows. I will do one in Los Angeles on Saturday morning for the crypto and gaming sector, and then Sunday, I will be back, and that night, late that Sunday night, I will do a independent news once I'm home, and we will go from there, folks, but yeah, folks, this is your boy, Nightmare Chaos, signing off, this episode will be on a Wednesday at 3 a.m. Eastern, 12 a.m. Pacific, and I will holler at y'all later, peace.